0: Are you Jesus-centered or world-centered? It is that simple. And I know, I know, if you're like me, you're thinking of the movie The Notebook, it's not that simple. But guys, this is that simple. Jesus tells us that we are to have Him at the center of everything that we do, everything we say, how we act, how we love. And when we choose to have Jesus at the center of every area of our life, there is this aroma that follows us everywhere we go, and it's reflecting this glorious light of Jesus. We're going to dive deep to understand what it's like to live a Jesus-centered life as a woman for Christ. This is the Jesus at the Center's podcast. I'm your host Courtney Centers. Let's get real. episode of the Jesus at the Sinners podcast with me, Courtney Sinners. I'm so glad that you're here and tuning in. Um, so let us lead this episode with the spirit of silence and surrender first. So we're going to take a minute to pause. Um, we're going to do this in every episode. We're going to pause and we're going to surrender everything that we have in our lives that are um, entrusted to us by God to steward for His glory. We're going to give that back to Him. Thank you, God, so much for another day. Thank you for the sun that is shining this morning. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for my family, my home, my children, my friendships, my church, the women in the church. God, thank you for it all. Thank you just the way that you love us. And we want to surrender all that back to you. We're going to pause um, in silence for just a minute. And I want you all to take a minute while we're in prayer to surrender all of yours back to him too. God, thank you so much for all of those gifts and we surrender them to you. Help us to steward them the way you want us to, God. Um, Let them be a a light to the world around us so that they see the aroma that is following behind us when we live a Jesus-centered life. Okay, guys, today we are diving into the topic of how to be a Jesus-centered woman. Um, This will be kind of the next few weeks we're going to dive into this topic. It'll be, um, you know more or less a little mini series we're going to dive into in about four weeks. But this one is a big one. It's big because there is so many opinions of this topic floating around about what God called women to be. So let's start with the number one way to lead a jesus our life to make it super simple. Obviously, it would be to, um, you know, have se- accepted Christ. You are a Jesus follower, Um, not a Jesus liker, but a Jesus follower, you are actively following his ways. You are actively um, in prayer with him daily. You are actively reading his word, spending time with him, studying his word, meditating on his word. Um, And that is really a lot of ways, but that is kind of um, the Jesus-centered life Uh, For a woman, you know, wrapped up in a little cute package, right? Um, Because it's easier said than done. Okay, so we're going to dive right in. Open your Bibles to Proverbs 31, verse 10, if you have your Bibles. If not, just keep folding your laundry. Um, We're going to go to verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. A definition of excellence, I found, was of high Quality. This was from the Webster's Dictionary, by the way. So right off the bat, we see this passage starts off with the excellence of a woman. This is the author reminding us that a wife that goes above and beyond for the Lord, being Christ-centered is from God and is rare. Her value is much, not to be demeaned. Okay, the world wants to demean women and put women down and say they're not you know that they're less than and they're not equal to men. this is not true. Um, <laughs> proof in Genesis uh need I say more, but this goes on and and past that it's it's just it's it's past just being good right This is a a seeking um, the Lord attitude it's seeking the Lord daily, talking with him throughout the day, putting everyone in uh, her household before her. But with the idea that you have already spent time with the Lord that morning before serving everyone else, and you are consistently submitting and surrendering to the call. So this shows us right here that we have already poured into ourselves, but not with ourselves, right? We are drinking from the well. We are drinking that living water. And because we have that living water in us first, we give God our first fruits of the day. We center our mourning around him, then everything else will flow out. Now, that sounds very easy, I know. However, again, going back to talking about walking with Jesus, uh, walking a jesus in our life, it is better. Walking with Jesus is far more better than walking without him. Starting your day with Him is going to be better than starting your day without Him. Serving your, your family breakfast is going to be better with Him than without Him. You see where I'm going? So friends, the jewels that the author is referring to here is referring to the value, the beauty, and the durability of a woman. Now, we cannot have that beauty or that value or that durability in ourselves. Okay, that will only um, exist in Christ—a Jesus-centered woman. All things that will come f- come when we are consistently Christ-seeking. Again, those things come being in Christ, being centered in Christ. God, um, you know, created you to be. Your life. He made us. He designed us actually to be dependent on Him all the time. So, when we are not relying on Him alone for everything that we do, if we are not centering everything we do around Him all the time in everything we do, there are going to be these leaks of what the enemy likes to pour into. Verse 11 says, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. So in this passage, this verse, we see the word trust first. That's, that's kind of what our eyes go to first, right? But back up a little bit, and we see, um, you know, a different word. And so we're going to look at that. What, what is it that this verse is saying, Trust. What is the word that is being used to describe that, that verb? We see that it is the husband's heart. The husband's heart trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. Meaning he will not lose anything. He has what he needs. And I am not referring to the woman as what he needs um, or is all he needs. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But because she is so saturated in Christ, she is so centered in Jesus that she leads this life, this aroma of Jesus following her, that her husband can trust in her and see him in her. And it's going to look different to him coming from her than anyone else. So, in Proverbs 3, God tells us to trust Him with all of our hearts, right? I find that, that <laughs> this is so interesting because trusting is closely related to fearing, okay? And this is not the kind of fear that we're talking about of, um, you know, being afraid of something in an anxious way, okay? This is not a negative fear. But trusting biblically, uh, trusting the Lord, is very closely related to fearing the Lord. This passage says, with all your heart. This translates to a trust that goes beyond whatever your mind might think. It ultimately means to have a deep reliance on the Lord. A contentment with what the Lord says in His Word. So, uh, you know, with a woman who is fearing the Lord as she is called... We should reflect Jesus to our husbands and give off, like I said, an aroma, a fragrance of the Lord as we are consistently seeking him. And in that, the husband will lack the need for anything more at that point. He, he has been given this bride that is such a beautiful and durable, strong in Christ gift that he lacks Nothing, okay, as far as a wife goes. Verse 12, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Does it say on Friday when he gets off work and gets the kids, she's doing him good? She is sweet to him. She is making dinner. She is, you know, bringing home his favorite snack. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. Does it say on Wednesdays when when she goes to church, she comes home and folds all his laundry? Nope. Does it say on Tuesdays after she got that promotion, if she's a uh, a working woman outside of the home, if she got that promotion and, you know, she's feeling good and then she comes home for the day and she is just so kind to him? No. No, not at all. It says all the days all the days of her life. So again, we see she is diligent in her work. She is persistent and she is selfless in being a wife and taking care of her home. She doesn't steward, uh, she doesn't just steward her marriage and her home consistently for herself, right? But it's for her husband and her whole family. She serves with a Christ-centered attitude. Okay, growing up, if I had a bad attitude about something, I would hear, you need to change your attitude, right? Our parents have said that to us our whole lives. You need to change your attitude. Go to your room and change your attitude. Or go in the other room and take a minute, change your attitude while you're in there. Like, we've heard this our whole lives. But what would it look like, what would the world say, if we had, and if we showed a Christ- Centered attitude everywhere, not just out in public, not just at church, but if we really practice that posture of heart at home too, what would that look like? Again, what if we served our family and our husband, even our friends, okay? This is not just for wives, but the people around us, what if we serve them With a Christ-centered attitude and not a slave attitude. Because you are a woman, that does not mean that you are oppressed at all. That is what the enemy wants us to believe. But it is not true. She is strong in that because she is strong in Him. She is Jesus-centered. She seeks wool and flax. Verse 13 and works with willing hands. She uses the abilities God has promoted over her, and she is a hard worker. She's not lazy at all. She seeks out what she needs, and she figures things out to provide for her family in the role that she's called. She also provides for her family. That doesn't look the same for every woman. Some women, you know are going to be providing for their family financially as well as taking care of the home. Some women are just going to be, um, you know, working and having someone else help them take care of their home. Some women are going to be working in the home most of the time and taking care of their home that way. But through each scenario I gave, each woman, according to Proverbs thirty-one thirteen, she is a hard worker and she's willing. Again, that doesn't mean that we are oppressed. And women who stay home, that doesn't mean we are slaves to our family. Even if you're outside of the home and you're working, sometimes you can come home and do the dishes and clean the laundry and do all the things and it feels like you're a slave to your family. And that is not true. That's not how God designed us at all. We let our service be all for Jesus. So if we aren't inward with it, it won't even appear that we are oppressed women. Is that not crazy? If we don't look inward with the things that we are called to do in the home, which by the way, men are also called to steward their home, I want to add that because not in a feminism way whatsoever, but in a biblical way, in a Christ-centered way, both men and and women, husband and wife, are called to steward what they were entrusted to for his glory. If you were entrusted to a home, you are called to take care of it in a way that honors him. Correct? So, keep that in mind. If we let our service, again, turn inward, if we are inward about it, if we have an inward attitude and we are Serving our family, serving those around us with this inward attitude, it will take over and it will become oppressed. You will become a slave. And it's not to those around you. You're going to become a slave to the enemy because he's the one making you think these lies. He's the one that is telling you this is not good work. But friend, it is good work. When you honor the Lord in what you do with willing hands, when you're called, it is good work. You are furthering the kingdom. All right, friends, that's it. Stay tuned for week two next week. I'll see you then. Hey, sis, you are a daughter of the king. You are a child of God. You are his delight. You are a masterpiece of his creation. You are a beautiful piece of artwork to him. You have a voice. You have a calling. You have a purpose. And you belong to him. And when we live as his daughters, as we are called, those around us get to see Jesus.